Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, Hi, this is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim has close proximity to the controls on our deck today, so expect regular interruptions of Tim's tomfoolery. Bit of Timfoolery is called on the podcast. Mindfoolery there because I really copied my intro to the intro thing very well. I think you did. Mm. You did well. Hi, this is Tim. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hello everybody, welcome to the podcast, uh, my name is Dan, my name is Tim, and we are the Two Drunk Accountants with you for another week, uh, it's, been, still here. it's been about a week and a half since our last episode because we had an earlier one last week because yeah. of the federal budget, Tim. Yeah, it feels like ages ago. It does feel like a long time ago, mm. I'm sure it feels like that for our listeners too, and yeah. our little icon's going to pop up on their... Mm. On their uh, phone on, on their journey home from work today and they're going to be so excited to hear from us yeah and we thank you for that everybody yeah definitely um we've been finding lately that within a few hours of releasing we have a lot of listens yeah actually people it's surprising people are actually keen to listen to the show yeah <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought like last week we um you released it at like 11 at night and yeah. by the time we woke up in the morning, it had like a lot of views. Yeah. So overnight, people listened to yeah. it. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool. So, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that we wanted to say. So, thank you, everybody, mm. for listening to us. Despite all my Tim foolery. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Tim, do you... Uh, what, <laughs> what is, is the, the Tim, Tim and Dan <laughs> We're getting better. Yeah. Tim, what's the Tim and Dan for the week? Um, I think it's going to be the same as yours. We do share lives to a certain extent. We do. We had uh, an exam today. We did have an exam today, Tim. It's been taking up a bit of our brain space. We're also a little bit tired from it. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell out there from the... <laughs> Uh, softness of our voices that we're a little bit brain dead and a little yeah. bit tired from our morning training activities. Yeah, so we're both CPAs. But there was an exam we had to do to be able to own an accounting practice. Correct. Called a public practice certificate exam. Yeah, and it's not something that a lot of people probably know that, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, you know, you're an accountant, you open up an accounting practice. Mm. No, that is not Yeah, no, not you can't just do that. Like, there's a lot yeah. of... Well, if you want to be a CPA, then you have to do that, mm. what we did We've today. And there's an intensive workshop as well. We've yeah. got booked. Um, and the tax agent registration. Correct. So, um, soon we'll have to do that as well. We'll be able to go around introducing ourselves as registered tax agents. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the confusion probably is people listening right now thinking, Tim and Dan, I thought you guys already were accountants. We are. We are. <laughs> We've been working for a long time. The difference is we're actually buying an accounting practice. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, right. with, that we've been working in for, for quite a while. So, yeah, yeah exciting times for us. But there's Very a, few, uh, a, a few hurdles we need to jump uh, compliance-wise to ensure that uh, mm. we are able to do it. But yeah, we are brain dead from that. Yeah. And that is our Tim and Dan low, that it's just been a week of preparing for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we drove back from Newcastle 
today. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically running through all the questions in the exam, checking mm-hmm. each other's responses. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I think I probably um, maybe scored one or two less points than Dan, but I get extra marks because I finished 10 minutes before him. Uh, he did, so, it true. really is first to finish the test. It's not <laughs> who gets the highest score. I think with this kind of test, it's just pass the test. I mean, yeah. it's, <laughs> all it is is just a compliance just to jump over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's money grab, but... <laughs> But we've done it now and, and we've got there. And, and it actually gave us a good idea that in the future, because there's not a lot of people out there who actually know what a CPA is. Yeah. And, or they don't know what a CA is. They don't know what the difference mm. is or they don't understand how that's different from someone who has graduated uni with a degree or, yep. mm. um, or all of those things. So, we're going to do a future episode on what is a CPA and its comparison to CA. And they don't know it yet, but we're going to get some people from another podcast, possibly, on possibly. To, do the, uh, <laughs> to do the show. We're in discussions between ourselves. Yeah. We haven't actually reached yeah. out to any of these people yet, yeah. but yeah, we were thinking... I'm sure they'd be keen. Yeah, I reckon they'd be keen. They're also accountants. They're nerds like us. So. Exactly. They, yeah. they carry the CA designation, whereas we're CPA. So, yeah. really, we shouldn't hang out with those losers, but... Uh, <laughs> Nah, it'll be good. Like, there, you know, there's not a lot of difference between those nah, two designations. I mean, if you're a listener out there and you're like, what the hell's a CPA? What's a CA? We'd love to hear from you hmm. because we do pay fees to those um, bodies. It's a professional membership that we're a part of that's supposed to give us an advantage over our competitors. Um, but it also, not really, it's not really there just for that reason. No. It's also um, to hold us. Um, to a higher degree of accountability. Yeah. The, if Once you are a member of one of these bodies, you are deemed to be of a particular standard of yes. quality, ethics, um, a yep. whole bunch of areas, yep. um, technical know-how, um, and you are required to stay at that level and yeah. you should be held accountable to that level. It is good. Like It's painful and it costs a bit, but... I think it is good that it forces you to do the education, but... Um, mm, correct. So, if, if you're going to an accounting practice mm. and you don't see CPA, CA, or the I, IPA, I think is the other one. Yeah, there's IPA. Like, I don't think they really go through examination. Nah. It's just a fee. Exactly. So, the, the, there's yeah. other ones out there. But yeah, if, if you don't see that on their membership, ask them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the other thing is, using an accountant that has that designation means that there's a body that you can complain to if they do the wrong thing by yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Which will actually discipline them and they have um, to answer for to you. It. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it does give you that little bit of added security. And you can be sure that they've got their public, like professional indemnity insurance mm. um, in order yeah. because that professional body makes sure that they've got their insurances all up to date. Correct. Correct. In Correct. case something goes wrong. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So, that was our week. Uh, it's been, you know... Good fun. I'm looking forward tonight. Um, I'm going to go home and eat some spaghetti and garlic bread and watch some TV and mm. play some games and, and just relax. Carbs and Xbox. That's the... Match that's made in heaven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Complimentary things. It is indeed. It's like yin and yang. It is. I can't wait. Mm. I can't wait. It's going to be good. <laughs> uh, but we have to... Uh, Obviously, get an episode out to our listeners. Oh, okay, this week, Tim. yeah, so, sure. Well, let's. Do you have a business update? Yeah, bring on. I, I have a quick one before you start. Uh, obviously, as of yesterday, uh, we're officially in an election campaign. The election hey. has been called for the 18th of May. Um, leading up to that election, we will do episodes on either side's small yep. business um, uh, policies and what what might be coming your way if either side 
are elected. Pretty keen to try and tie down a politician. Yeah, actually. I'm keen to do that too. Imagine if we could get um, Fry on the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, we called him Fry a lot and that might hinder us a little bit. I think he's a good guy. I saw him on TV the other day. He yeah. seemed like a pretty nice guy. I feel like his schedule is probably pretty, pretty full mm. for an hour-long podcast where he's going to talk about his week. <laughs> How's your week? Uh, Busy. Sorry, oh, sorry to appreciate, appreciate the intro and Andrew's <laughs> anecdote. Uh, all right. Well, we're, we're going to work on that and uh, you know, we'd settle for our local member probably. <laughs> yeah. If you do have any ins with a politician. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. All right, Tim, what's your out. business updates? Um, okay. Here's actually a really interesting one. Go for it. Um, thank you, SV Partners, for this contribution via your email newsletter. Yeah. Um, essentially, the rules around director penalty notices for paying superannuation late mm. are changing. Yes. I'm just going to give a very rough rundown of this. I could read it from the email, but I think it'd be more boring. Mm-hmm. Essentially, here's my understanding, Dan. Go for it. If you paid super up to three months late in the past. Yep. So, this is after your 28 days at the end of the quarter, then three months, and you've paid it late, technically... That unpaid super could be a director's penalty notice to you. Yeah, that's right. Which means if you're a company, your personal assets as a director could still be on the line for those debts. Usually the company protects you from that, but the director's penalty notice Mm. pierces the corporate veil. That's right. Correct. Which means the company doesn't mean shit. They're going to come after your assets for that debt. Correct. Now, they've changed it from three months for superannuation unpaid to one month to one after month. the due date yeah. which is a pretty big deal because I can think of heaps of people that leave their super unpaid one month after yeah. the due date so is this a question mm-hmm. um, is th- so if you are going to be late for that super and you notify them through you know one of those late lodgement forms yes the, the, the S, you know, super guarantee forms yes um, does that count are you still liable if you've lodged that form um, within that period and say, hey, uh, yep. we don't have the money to pay this right now. You're not liable for director's penalty notice if you report to the ATO within that time period. Great. So, you don't yeah, have to have cool. it paid, yep. but you have to report it. But if and that's how director's penalty notices work. Yeah, That's the same with um, if you have uh, a BAS, mm-hmm. which is not lodged for three months. Mm-hmm. I think it's three months. Yep. Um, after the due date, then that can be a director's penalty notice for you as well. Because you haven't lodged it, that was the whole point that they, that was the whole point of bringing this around for the ATO. They wanted people to be up to date with their lodgements, yeah. and if they weren't, keep they were going to basically shut them down as mm. soon as they could. So um, keep your lodgements up to date, even if you can't pay your super on time. You really should report to the ATO. Yeah, and uh, this is always something that I recommend, especially if, with single touch payroll yeah, around if, the corner. If you're going to be late with anything, um, you're always best just to keep them in the loop because. Burying your head in the sand is just going to make them cranky and they're going to throw out notice after notice that gets more extreme as each one comes. Yep. But if you're going to be late with the payment and you just call them and say, hey, uh, I'm not going to be able to make my payment mm-hmm. this, this month. Um, I know this Baz is due. I'm going to yep. lodge it, but yep. it's going to take me a little while to pay it. They'll yep. be fine. They're actually more understanding than you'd think. Mm. And they're not going to shut you down as a first resort. They give you, I mean, that's a couple of years process. Yeah. And exactly. a large debt. Yeah. And if you don't talk to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they give you lots of opportunities for payment plans and to make an effort. So, um, yeah, so that's an interesting change to be aware of. There's another couple of 
um, tidbits that I got through. Mm. Uh, Labor backs electric cars for SMEs. Yeah, do you hear the Liberal Party... Um, sorry, the Labor Party going to steal your weekend ute, Tim? <laughs> Some politician got up in Parliament and said, Labor's trying to steal your ute. Oh, uh, no. And it, clearly it was just propaganda. But, yeah, okay. But um, yeah, it was, it was quite a funny one during the week. There you go. Expect a lot of that from both sides in the next five weeks. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. Mm. They'll offer immediate depreciation deductions on vehicles valued at more than 20 grand um, if they're electric, I suppose. So what you're saying, Tim, is come June, I should buy my Tesla. Absolutely. Imagine if they allowed you, if they just scrapped the depreciation limit yeah. on a Tesla. They were just like 80 grand immediately written off. Ooh. And I wonder, does it have to be entirely electric or could it be a hybrid? I'd say that there'd be some type of um, there'd be some type of level that it needs to meet, like some hmm. minimum that it needs to meet. I'd imagine. Yeah. So, Just electric or uh, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, so that, because Labor that. wants the Australian economy to be fifty percent renewable by twenty thirty. Yeah, that's one of their. And twenty percent of our emissions right now come from transport. Mm. Uh, it doesn't really say much more than that. Have you seen... Because uh, um, one of the biggest issues that... I, I was actually listening to a podcast during the week that was talking about whether or not it is actually an option for... A, a, this particular podcast was about the US, but mm-hmm. whether or not it's actually something that can happen to go 100% renewable. In this mm-hmm. day and age, with the technology we have, can you do it? And yeah. essentially, it was like a large bulk of it, yes. So, yeah. um, electric cars, mm-hmm. easy. Um, have solar panels on your roof, you can do it. Nice. Um, they said that there some places will would have issue with um, base power, so providing base power if you know the wind and uh, uh, sun isn't shining or wind isn't blowing, yeah. how you generate that, and, and it can be sold with a lot of batteries and a complete redesign of the current grid because you need you need power to have your renewables powering your home. Yes, right? you need a little bit of power. Well, it's, it, they talk about this base power rate, which is essentially like, yeah, if there always needs to be a reliable source, yeah. even if your solar panels aren't generating enough and the wind isn't generating enough, yeah. there needs to be something. Mm. And either that's a large amount of stored power until those other yeah. things can charge back up yeah. or a coal-fired power station or a nuclear power station or something that can just turn it on and go, yeah. ready yep. to go. Yep. So in, in Australia, they're talking about, you know, the snowy hydro being yeah. a big stored that's energy cool. and that yeah. could help. Yeah. Um, so there's issues around that. Um, but the biggest thing that they found an issue with was mass transport. So, planes mm-hmm. and yeah. trucks and yeah. things like that. That yeah. would be an issue. Well, why, why is that? Uh, because... They use so much... They'd, use, they'd need to store so much electricity on a plane... It's too heavy to fly or something. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it would make it... like I'm sure they could do it, but it, it probably wouldn't fly for... T- it'd it'd for, be inefficient. Yeah, 15 yeah. hours because it's carrying so much weight from just exactly. the batteries alone. Correct. So, until that technology mm. improves a bit, that that's it. Although, Tesla have released... You know, they have this big Mack truck that's mm. all electric and it, and it can drive coast to coast in the US. Yep. So, that's a long way for a massive truck hauling a lot of stuff. That's so, cool. they're obviously making the tech, gains on this. The tech's but, there, but it must be expensive. Yeah. So, that's... Uh, yeah, interesting. Okay. Thanks, so, Dan. That's good. Hmm. Here's another interesting one, and maybe we'll leave it at this for this week. Mm. Um, thank you, Kerry Garth, for this. Kerry Garth. Mummy. Uh, 69 millionaires paid $0 of tax in 2016-2017 financial year. So, just the 2017 financial year. H- how many? 69. Okay. Yeah. 
So Australians claim nearly 2.3 billion in deductions for managing their tax affairs. Mm-hmm. 69 Australians who earned more than $1 million in the 2017 financial year did not pay a cent of income tax. Because of deductions. Yeah, key points um, from this article. ATO data shows 69 millionaires reduced their taxable income to zero by claiming millions in deductions. Negative gearing is still a popular tax break, with 1.3 million people claiming losses totaling $12.3 billion on their rental properties. 8.8 million people are claiming $21.98 billion. So, so, so these millionaires, well, what this article is implying is that these millionaires have million dollar investments that are making million dollar tax losses offsetting against yeah against their their uh, income i suppose wow. and they can obviously they can afford to make those losses but um yeah it, it kind of hurts a little bit when you read about doesn't millionaires doesn't well does it yeah no it doesn't i mean the, the big arguments uh, are all around oh you, you, your local mum and dad are going to lose out on their negative gearing rental property um and you you feel for those situations but yeah. When you hear about these situations, you go, yeah. well, that doesn't seem right. It's really not right, is it? If they're struggling to meet ends meet and these guys are just reducing to, their tax to zero. To give you a concept of how much someone earning a million dollars of taxable income should pay in tax, yeah, it's almost like 450 grand. Yeah, really. it's a lot of tax. So, and they've yeah. reduced that to nil. To nil. Um, and your average person earning 100 grand will pay 30 grand, yeah. roughly. Or probably uh, about 30. It's a good estimate. Yeah. 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 So... Um, doesn't seem fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not cool. I mean, obviously, it's an aggressive strategy and there's only 69 in all of Australia doing that. But interesting. Still, 69 times and 80, I know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of money. It's that's, like, you know, 30, between 30 and $40 million. That's funding for a program. Yeah, that's that. That pays for a you know that would fix new the equipment in a hospital out the front of my yeah. house <laughs> many times over. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's, that's a good one. And Coast Council. It's it's something that will be spoken about in this election. I imagine a lot is the you yeah. know um, Labor's plans with negative gearing and mm. and I, I imagine there's going to be some big fights over this kind of well, stuff. Well, actually, that was <laughs> I did say I wouldn't say any more, but Labor has confirmed that. 1st of January will be the start date for negative gearing and CGT proposals that they have. Um, so, uh, if yeah, if you weren't aware, Labor is talking about changing a lot of things. Mm. Um, a couple of them are negative gearing and CGT. They want to reduce the discount from 50 to 25% yeah. um, on investment properties. And... Uh, it's going to, I think it's only going to relate to new investment properties. So. Yeah, I think I did read that as well. And, and who yeah. knows what the policy will end up being. Yeah, at the moment, a lot of this is just proposed ideas and speculation. Yeah. We won't know until there's an actual bill that's passed. Yeah, it's just um, pretty hectic leading up change. to the election. They're, they're, they're being very certain about this. Yeah, they're very, they're very confident, I think, that they're, <laughs> that they're about to be, mm. become government. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in our... Uh, election episodes uh, so Tim we should uh, do you have a Tim Titus tip actually? yeah just a real easy one this week I don't know if I've used this one before Dan I'll tell you vegetarian no you haven't actually vegetarian it's cheaper to buy veggies than meat sorry about that creepy uh, intro mm. to Tim Titus tip this week but <laughs> Tim Titus tip this week is to go vegetarian mm. yeah so like Dan said um, meat's expensive and it's only going to get more expensive mm. as um, environmentally friendly and renewable energy 
sources are sought. So as people are trying to reduce the effect on the environment, um, things like meat and meat consumption is going to be more of like a luxury thing, I, yeah. I see, oh, in definitely. the future. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be a vegetarian, but... Just go If you want to save some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the price of a can of beans? Yeah. It's cheap. It's like 60 cents. <laughs> um, one of the most effective... If you were looking at calorie to dollar um, intake, mm. calorie per dollar, I think like rice mm. and oats are right up there. Mm. Uh, and then you've got all your, your lentils and beans. Mm. Uh, your legumes, I guess. Yeah, all those natural ones, wheat bix. The best thing, yeah, <laughs> wheat bix is actually really good for vegetarians. <laughs> I went and saw a nutritionist and mm. um, we were like, well, but it's so heavily processed. It's like cubes of wheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, but the way they um, combine it actually means that they're, they're putting iron into the into the meal or something mm. like that. So, yeah, it's, it's for, quite it's good fortified for, wheat, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's processed, but it's yeah. actually pretty good for vegetarians to get um, nutrients that they need. Mm. Um, yeah, so anyway, saves a lot of money, makes you healthier, reduces impact on the environment, and, yeah, maybe a little bit of animal stuff in there too. If you like animals, well, then you're not, like, mm. for paying for them to be killed, I guess. Mm. Listen here, you hippie. I'm going to be eating my bacon for breakfast, my ham for lunch, and my steak, steak for, for dinner. dinner. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Tim and I were laughing about um, this protest this, yeah, this week. It's very and, topical this week. And a lot of, uh, you know, y- y- your your footy commentators and those kind of guys yeah. are coming out, you know. People I follow on Twitter. Yeah, bloody vegetarians and vegans, you know, I'm going to yeah. be eating, you know, this is what yeah. I'll be doing. I'll be eating my bacon for yeah. breakfast and yeah. my ham for lunch and my yeah. steak for dinner. No, it's ridiculous, hey. Um, that was quarters. Uh, on, I think he's a reporter for Channel mm. 10 and there was also Campbell Brown and another one Tom Chadwick or something like that mm. um, it was all about this vegan protest thing which I totally disagree with I think it's ridiculous they did it mm. yeah, they have the right intention but damn that's stupid mm. <laughs> they even put out a map of farms and like that's just ridiculous mm. but um, yeah I mean it doesn't defeat the f- the, the fact that we need to change what we're doing on our planet. And one of those things is consumption of meat. Because one of the easiest things to do is just reduce the amount. Don't stop if you don't want to stop. Just reduce. That's it. So it will save, save you money. money. Tim Sardos tip. Give it a try. Just uh, implement like three vegetarian mi- mm. meals. Look them up. Um, if, you want to, if you want some good websites, there's uh, the, uh, the Healthy Chef is mm. excellent. Mm. The Happy Pear. It's an Irish duo. Mm-hmm. They're great. Deliciously Ella. Mm. All excellent sources of really delicious meals. If you like curries mm. or like uh, even spaghetti, Dan, there's a really good lentil I was, spaghetti. I, I, I was about to say the easiest ones to do are like your pastas and stuff. Like just don't put meat it takes in. 15 minutes. Put beans in. It's so it much quicker it. too. You don't done. even have to cook the meat. And it lasts all week in your fridge. I like to put um, black beans, mushrooms, and sometimes eggplant in my spaghetti. Yeah. It's delicious. Beautiful. Sometimes I still put meat in. Eggplant's great. Uh, tacos, very easy vegetarian. Mm. So, uh, give it a bell. Yeah, cool. All right, that's a good one, Tim. Uh, let's move on to our main topic this week. As a, you know, a regular listener <laughs> might be going, all right, beauty, we're getting into cash flow number two. <laughs> uh, we're not. Uh, that'll be next week. Uh, as we said, we've had a big week and we're a little bit yeah. sleepy, a little bit tired and we didn't have time to prepare. So, uh, what we're going to do this week is something that's really useful. We go through with a lot of clients um, 
And it's quite a nifty little tool um, and a good little introduction into how to grow your business. So essentially, it is the seven ways to grow your business. Yeah. You know, this it's just a handy framework. Obviously, there could be other ways that you could grow your business. Oh, yeah. Um, but these are just seven handy tips if you want to, uh, and seven handy places to look to grow your business. Yeah, essentially, um, I guess there's more than just increasing sales to grow your business. And that's what this is trying to point out. Yeah. It's not just growing your business through increasing your sales. Because sometimes right. increasing sales increases expenses. That's right. So, uh, what we'll do is we'll just go from number one to number seven and just talk a little bit about each one. It probably won't take too long to be a quick episode today. And obviously, if you ever want more information, get in touch. So, Beautiful. Tim, uh, I'm going to start with the first one here. Go for it. So, the first and easiest one is to increase customer retention rate. For sure. So, this is for people that may have recurring customers, mm. um, which all businesses do have. Um, let's use an example, retail. Yep. You want more returning customers, mm. um, buying products from your store whenever they need that product. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, that's an example of customer retention. Yeah. Then you've got your accountants. Yeah. We have, we have a client base. We want yeah. to retain them. If we've got a bunch Absolutely. of clients leaving us every year, yeah. then that would be a problem. Yeah. If you could stop clients leaving you, then... You're going to grow because every business, that every new client you bring on is adding to it, not just keeping you at your status quo. I've read before, I'm sure many people have heard, the people who are most ready to buy from your business are the people who have already bought from your business. Yeah, that's right. They've made that decision. Yeah. Um, so, if you can retain customers and keep them coming back, keep them happy and create... Um, basically avid fans of your customers mm. who are delighted with your service or good, then um, that's a brilliant way of growing your business. Yeah. Uh, essentially... It's so organic. Yeah. Essentially, it's what, what this says is just it's much cheaper to make a sale to your existing customer yes. than it would be to a new one. Yes. So, if you keep your existing customers, then you're going to be able to sell more to them over time. Yep. So, number one, increase your retention rate. Uh, number two... Mm-hmm. Generate more leads. Now, that seems easy enough to say, yeah. but essentially, you want to get more people in your funnel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, there's a lot of formulas that have been um, put together, and um, one of them is, um, I guess, that sales funnel approach, mm. where you've got leads coming into the funnel, and then you're converting those leads, and then you can uh, into... I suppose, um, potential clients. Mm -hmm. And then you're converting those clients into sales of goods or services. Mm. So, obviously, if you increase the leads coming into the funnel, mm. then the end result should be higher. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. And we'll talk more about you know, the other parts of that funnel process um, as we go on through these. But essentially, if you generate more leads, there's going to be whatever your current conversion rate is, there's going to be more new business coming into you. So, so you're going to grow your business. Uh, so, it's a, that's a fairly simple one. And things that you can do basically is just, you know, attending some events or networking. It's just a set, normal marketing, you know, uh, having strategic alliances, improving your website, having a blog. Social media. Social media, general marketing. Newsletter, yeah. uh, email news newsletter. Yeah. Uh, well, all these things are going to get 
more leads into your business. Referral programs. Referral programs. All of that gets gets more leads. Yeah. Um, But as Tim has already alluded to, you can get all the leads you want, but it also depends on how well you convert those leads. So Mm -hmm. number four is increasing your conversion rate. Yeah. This is something that not a lot of people track. Yeah. Um, Even where we're guilty of that, Dan. Uh, we used to track that in our business. We are. A lot of our systems have changed over time and, yeah. and our ability to track it kind of fell off a little bit yeah. and, and it's something that we've been working on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know in your business when you have a lead, how many times that converts into an end sale? Yeah. And most people will have a gut feel on this, but mm. really you do need those stats because um, then you can start working your way down or up the funnel and be like, okay... Well, then if I change my 10 leads per month to 50 mm. and I'm converting at this percentage, mm. well, that's going to create this much extra in revenue. Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of these, as Tim's just kind of alluded to, they, they work together. So you, you might be doing, using number three and number four, or sorry, um, yeah, number, th- number two and number three. So you're generating more leads and you're also increasing your conversion rate. I guess it just breaks it down into different identifiable areas yeah. where you can change strategies or change um, policies yeah. and um, effectively grow your business. Yeah. So, so some tweak, sim- You can tweak things. Tweak things. So some simple strategies for improving your conversion rate would be, um, you know, just following up leads. Yeah. Having more contact with them. That's a, it's a very easy one that it's, oh, it's, it's easy so to forget. True. So um, true. You know, a client inquires, you get, you, you know, uh, you send them out a quote and then you just don't follow them up. Yeah. Follow them up. Give them a call a week later, two weeks later, whatever your system is. I um I heard something good once. It was um, what was it? One week and then a month. So follow yeah. up in a week if you haven't heard, and then follow up again in a month. Yeah. Uh, so an- another option here uh, is proposals with options is is often been thrown around. So rather than just give one proposal with one amount that they can you um say yes or no to, you can say, all right, well here's my main proposal and. If you don't like that, then here's two other options for you and you know you can choose what you want and that's more likely to get them to at least say yes to something and you can on-sell more products to them later. But Yeah, well, so the whole idea behind that is mm. you don't want to just give them the one proposal mm. which they're going to say no to. Exactly. So you want to give them a spread of options um, which they can tailor to their own specific tastes mm-hmm. because you don't really know what the client's thinking. You may have met with them. They might express that they're really keen for this service. But then once they get the proposal and a day has passed or two days have passed, um, they decide, well, actually, do I really need that? Or they start getting cold feet. Well, if they don't want the premium, maybe they'll take the one under the premium or they'll take the entry-level proposal for now and build up to that later. Once they trust you and and they're already purchasing with you. Like we said before, once people are buying with you... then they're more willing to buy with you more. Exactly. So get them on there for that introductory offer or that that start out service, do a good job Mm. and then they'll probably build up to be um, a better customer or buy more from you. Yeah. So, so far our three options have been pretty obvious. You generate more leads, you convert more of those leads into end sales and then you do more to retain those customers for future sales. So number four... Um, and and not all of these apply to every business, but number four is increased transaction frequency. So this mm. applies, you know, it might not apply to say a service industry that has a very specific, you know, uh, yeah. so, so you're an accountant, you, you can't do more than one set of annual financial no. statements. No. Uh, you could do quarterly, but there's, mm. there's other things that you can offer. Well, that's true. But the 
frequency of that transaction might not change. Yeah. However, if you're a cafe and mm. you have customers that come in twice a week to buy a coffee, well, what if they all came in three times a week to buy a coffee? Yeah, so that's a great example. Another one is you often see um, the chocolate changing in the shops mm-hmm. and they've actually reduced the quantity of the amount that you're buying. And that yeah. obviously is reducing their cost. But yeah. part of that is you're going to finish that chocolate bar <laughs> yeah. earlier and then buy more. Correct, correct. <laughs> so, so increasing the transaction frequency and so other strategies, uh, special offers. Yeah. So entice them to come buy something more from yep. you than they normally would, yep. or more earlier, amounts than, earlier they, normally than would. they normally would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, loyalty events, or it, one I was thinking as example of the cafe loyalty card. Oh, loyalty cards, great idea. Yeah, and actually that's happening um, since we got Dora. Um, we bought some food for her mm. at a, a, a pet store, mm. and. Um, yeah, they've got this thing where if you buy a food every month, you carry over a 15% discount. So, so what they've done is they've got you to come in more often. Every month. Yeah. Even if, you know, the food probably usually does last you more than a month, depending yeah. on what dog you've got and what, size, what amount of food you've bought. Yeah. But um, you're like, oh, I better go buy some more food to keep my 15% discount going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another simple one might be reminders. So if you've got something that you know runs out like dog food, so if, if you know it takes six weeks for that box to be eaten normally, then at week five, you send that customer a reminder and say, hey, I know you're probably due for some food soon. Why don't you come in? Yeah. This is actually, do you think subscription-based providers use this as one of their major ways to like build their revenue? Like software? Probably. As a service? Like SaaS? Yeah. Increased transaction frequency? Yeah. Monthly subscription? Exactly. (laughs) It's one way to grow your business. So good. So that's number four. Um, number five, increase the transaction value. Um, so yeah, this doesn't necessarily mean increasing prices. your prices for one item, but it could mean you're selling them two items. True. So this could be your, your add-ons. Yeah. Uh, your value adds if you're a service mm. provider. That's, that's awesome. So when I say a value add, um, it's essentially something else which you can offer them as a service mm. which they see value in. Yeah, that's right. So, as an accountant, uh, you've got your basic compliance services that you offer. Mm. And then a value add is often um, bookkeeping or advisory services like coaching. Yeah, stuff exactly. Like that, which um, clients want or see value in. Um, and you can spend a little bit more time helping them with those things. That's a value add. Exactly. Uh, a, a prime example of a business that everyone's gone to, and Tim's mentioned it week, uh, and a week earlier that he, he thinks that I love, uh, is if you go to Macca's, would you like fries with that? They're upselling everything. Yeah. They're adding value to what you're buying. That's like the meal deal. Yeah, exactly. That's where the meal deal came on. So came from. what they've done then, and instead of someone coming in and buying a two dollar cheeseburger, they're now buying a seven dollar meal. Yeah, it's only um, five dollars for a meal. Yeah, they if, advertise on if you, if you add all those prices together of each individual item, it's worth more yeah. than what you're paying. But you you're now it? spending. Mm twice as much as you would have spent with them earlier. That's it. So, the customer is winning. They're getting more value mm. for a cheaper rate, mm. really. But they are spending more. Exactly. And so, the business wins. And you've grown. Yeah. And, you know, we all know it costs Macca's three cents to provide a Coke, <laughs> yeah. not $2.50. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, that's a very easy one to think about and to do. What are your add-ons? What are your complementary services or complementary products mm-hmm. that you could just... If you're selling one of them... Mm. Um, a month at the moment, try and sell 20 yeah. and just make it known that you've got that. And if yeah. it's convenient for people. And, and that, that's the other thing is that not, they might not know what you sell. 
Yeah. So yep. they're coming to you because they love your coffee, but they don't know you make wicked donuts. That's it. So just so um, sell a donut coffee bundle. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It works brilliantly. Yeah. It works. I always love those bundles. Yeah. So, and you probably only save fifty cents. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's a good one. Uh, that's really cool. So we've spoken now about different ways that you're increasing your sales, and, and then as we said, essentially it's bring more leads into your business, get better at converting those leads into actual sales get better at retaining your current customers because it's easy to sell to them, uh, increase the amount that you're selling to these people, and then also increase the transaction value that you're selling. Yep. So if you do it all of those in a row, then suddenly your business has grown heaps and yeah. you haven't really done that much. No. Um, it's just a little bit of tweaking. That's it. So the next two really focus on the opposite end of this spectrum, mm, yep. and that is number six, reduce costs and uh, of sales and variable costs. Yeah. So, variable costs, we'll start there. Um, essentially, oh, it's the same thing, cost of sales, variable, variable costs. Yeah. Yeah, those are the costs that increase as you sell. That's right. So, if you sell things, then obviously, the more you sell, the more of the input supply you're going to mm. buy for that. Yeah. If, if you sell a coffee, it's going to take more beans, more coffee cups, and more milk to make that coffee. So, it varies with your sales as Correct. sales increase. So do the costs, and they have a, a converse relationship. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they yes, correct. Converse, not inverse. Not the opposite inverse. of inverse. The opposite of inverse, because if you know if your sales go up, then your cost of goods will go up, unless yep. you've done something brilliant and yep. reduced your costs. And that's what this is. So what this is trying to say is, um, if you can decrease the percentage of your variable costs mm. um, as a percentage of your sales. Mm then obviously you're going to make more the more you sell. Yeah, that's which right. Which is, is going to support all those things you were just doing above as well. Because mm. as you're selling more, you're keeping more of it. So often that's referred to as like gross profit. Yeah. Um, Increase so in gross profit. every dollar of sale, you're going to be left with less than a dollar of that sale left. It might be 70 cents. Mm. Well, then this is suggesting try to make it 75 cents that you're left with after every dollar of sale. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of ways that you can do this. You can create efficiencies in your costs. Uh, you can negotiate uh, better deals. Negotiate like bulk, better deals. deals. Uh, change your supplier terms. Uh, yep. A lot of these bigger suppliers offer early payment discounts. Take advantage of that. Change suppliers. Change suppliers, shop around, um, You know, or just have a better recording of materials better so there's less wastage. Yeah, so what a lot of people do um, is actually assess the customer's value mm. of the product that they're selling them. And if there is an item which they're paying for, might be a variable cost, mm. uh, and they're, they're providing it as part of their service or, mm. or good, they actually cut that out if the customer doesn't see any value in it. Yes. They might be like, well, we've got this, this widget mm. um, in our clock that we're selling, but mm. no one's using the widget. No. They're not buying it for the widget. No. But that costs us... 10 cents every time we sell. Um, so I, I, I'm buying a coffee and I've got a coffee cup and I don't actually want the lid. Clients that's don't it. want the lid. That's that's, uh, clients do want the lid, but it's just an example. Let's say people yeah. don't want the lid anymore. Yeah. Well, then stop buying the lids. You suddenly, yeah. You're selling it for the same price. You might be giving away a little, um, a little chocolate every time. A little cookie on and, top. And half the people might just throw the thing away or not even eat it. Mm. So that's an example of where you could be reducing a variable cost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and n number seven is along the same lines, except instead of it being your variable costs that go up and down with your sales, it's your fixed overheads. So, yeah. these are the costs that no matter how many sales you make during the, the month, uh, you still have to pay. Yeah. And this could be 
rent on a premises. Wages to um, like a wages, lot of wages you know, are generally yeah, fixed. Fixed wages, things like that. Um, so reducing these and examining, well, how much am I paying for this? Why am I paying that much? Is there a way to have it cheaper? Should we move to a smaller office because we mm. don't need this much space? Sublease your office. Sub- get a get a better deal on electricity. Exactly. Uh, phones. Uh, Is there some power. subscriptions you've got that you don't need? Dan. No, there isn't. Um, <laughs> bank interest. Are you paying too much interest? Yeah, true. Go ask your bank. Go tell your bank you're going to change your credit card mm. unless they reduce your interest. Exactly. And so so these are all, all fixed costs that are very, uh, very commonly just left because, oh, that's just how much I pay for this. But if you actually examine it and you go look mm. and you try and search for a better deal, mm. uh, you can save some costs. Especially if you're increasing sales. So all, and you keep control of your fixed overheads. That's right. So all of a sudden, you Profit. have increased your leads. You've gotten better at converting those leads into actual sales. You've gotten better at retaining those customers through loyalty programs or, or whatnot. You're getting them to uh, come back to you more frequently through the same programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're actually selling more to them every time they come. It's costing you less to sell those items to them. Yeah. And the end costs... Your fixed costs are less. So, suddenly your profit is much, much bigger than it was before. Yeah. And these aren't always easy to do. No. We've some, made them sound easy. Some of them apply to businesses more than others. Exactly. Find um, the ones that you think are low-hanging fruit and, and go them for first. them. Yeah. If you think you could look at your profit and loss today and, and go through your fixed costs and think, you know what, I'm going to try and reduce these. I'm going to call a few of my providers and see if I can get a cheaper price. Bam, you've done it. Yeah, exactly. First step done. It might seem like a small amount now, um, but if you combine all of those different factors in some way, shape or form, mm. and you do it regularly, every six months, you think of a new way to do it, mm-hmm. your business is going to grow. And that's without just going out and spending 10 grand on marketing. No offense to marketing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, yeah but, you, but you might need to spend 10 grand on marketing for the increase in leads. Yeah. I mean, that could be your yeah. strategy there. Yeah. But... Um, if yeah, if you're trying to keep control of your costs, then there are some other ways of growing your business without um, spending a heap of money. That's right. So that is the seven ways to grow your business. Fairly simple, fairly mm. easy to do. Yeah. Each one of those ways can just be taken in little incremental steps, yeah. bit by bit, uh, via little tweaks and little programs. There is a um, a flyer we have of that. So <laughs> yeah, there is actually. We we Maybe we provide we it through it. our through our website. Um, and also to customers when we sit down and go through it with them. Maybe we'll post the link. Yeah, it's a good idea. All right. All right. Well, uh, Tim, that brings us to the end of our main topic. Do you have a other thing? <laughs> and other thing this week? Oh, not really. Um, what could I... You go first. I don't have one. Oh, my other thing. Man, we're boring. Uh, well, I just, all we've been suck. doing this week is just like studying and stuff. I know. Uh, uh, what is my other thing? No, there was something. It was definitely something I was going to. I don't know. Essendon won. Won the first game of the year. Essendon. Uh, I always talk about AFL. It's because the season's back. I you, love it. You love AFL. My fantasy team went really bad. Oh, that's no good. I know. It's no good at all. Actually, I do have another thing. Um, yeah, thank Wrong you. Wrong button. No, thank you for celebrating. That's your fantasy team. That's my fantasy team mm. for last week. Now ranked just over 15,000 in the country. Mm. Wasn't happy about it. I lost 7,000. 
ranking. 15,000, that is... From one week. That is woeful. I know. Uh, I started listening to several new podcasts this week, Tim. Oh, yes. Just, you know, backfilling up my my slate of podcasts every week because sometimes there's an empty day here or there where I need to fill it in. Nice. These podcasts include The Signal, Mm -hmm. which it's it's pretty good. It's, it's It's a daily podcast mm-hmm. um, and they just kind of give a little bit of information a little bit more background on, on a big news story of the day okay and just 15 minutes let's talk about something yep. um, the other one is background briefing which is so these are both ABC podcasts uh, mm-hmm. background briefing uh, is more of an in-depth dive into a topic so they did a big dive into um, you know right uh, the rise of right-wing nationalism and um, you know, I think that they were the guys that uh, exposed that whole uh, young liberals thing, where the no. the right wing par- uh, people were trying to infiltrate that to make the party shift more to the right, and that <laughs> they got sprung doing it and kicked out. Wow. Um, but yeah, they just do deep dives on these things, and cool. it's yeah, it's just really interesting and sounds good, a fascinating podcast. So background briefing, uh, ABC yeah. podcast, cool. get into it. Yeah, sounds really cool. Mm. Yeah, I haven't really been listening to. Now that AFL's back, a lot of my media consumption is AFL. AFL. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I do walk in, you're listening to a podcast and it just kind of sounds like AFL. Uh, I don't really listen to yeah. it, but I, I'm assuming it's AFL talk. Yeah, there's like four different podcasts I listen to just about Essendon. Is, is Herdy's podcast back? No, they haven't been doing that. Mm. But Herdy is um, commentating. Herdy. He's commentating for Triple M for ga- on games. Cool. I was tempted to um, just go Gym. back and listen to his commentating from a few weeks ago because <laughs> he commentated an Essendon game That'd so it would have been good to hear, his. To hear it um, but yeah no there's like four different Essendon ones and there's mm. all the, even the AFL is getting in on the act mm. there's actually it's a huge area for podcasts um, sport and sport. sporting teams definitely is um, they rack up the listens yeah because they get they get like I don't know how many members does Essendon have for instance um, over 70,000 70,000 members. So 70,000 members. I'm not even a member, Dan. Yeah, so I listen are, to all these podcasts. So these are paying members. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you put some advertising on that, you're making a little bit of money there. Oh, yeah. 70,000 listens a week, probably. Yeah, actually, most of them don't advertise, but they do. I mean, the AFL community is really good. They get guests on, like mm. past players and coaches mm. and club officials all the time. It's sort of like when we reached out to Essendon. Yeah. By the way, there, should, there's a good other thing. We should reach out to Essendon. Essendon Esports yeah. won the grand final of the OPL. Did they? Yeah, which makes them the uh, the best team in Australia. Good on Essendon Esports. Yeah, because they, they didn't win a game last season. Yeah, well, they, they got rid they, of all they their They sacked their entire team, <laughs> poor fuckers. And uh, this year, they only lost like one game. Good on them. And then um, we get in touch. dominated the grand final. So now they go to Korea for like a world, a world cup wonder how we go there. Yeah. Interesting. Probably, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Mm, I'd imagine it would be. A lot of money in esports. A lot of it's money hectic. in esports. Uh, yeah, that's probably, is that all, all your other things? Yeah. That's all my other yeah. things. I've got nothing else to say today. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to find out more about the seven ways to grow your business, mm-hmm. or if you just have any questions in general, Send us a tweet at Too Drunk Podcast, an email, Too Drunk Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Facebook, Too Drunk Accountants. Uh, make sure if you're listening to this right now, look at your phone. <laughs> this is just a challenge, right? Just look at your phone. Go, oh, this is great. I can see the podcast is playing. 
Just yeah. click the home screen, yep. go into podcasts, go to our show. You'll see little stars down the bottom. Hit five or whatever number of stars you want to give. I can't imagine why it would be any less than five. <laughs> uh, and just hit a quick review to say, hey, loving the podcast. Really enjoy Dan's banter. Tim's okay as well. Seriously, that would make our day. If you do that right now. If you do that right now. We see it. Yeah, we will get a notification. And, and it helps uh, people find us as well. Like it, it, mm. it, It's surprisingly... Um, when, when you get into those top charts, people find you pretty quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, and that helps us get there. So, uh, yeah, do that for us. Do that. Otherwise, I hope everyone enjoyed our episode today. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with cash flow number two. Number two. That's right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will calculate it.